Hey there, and welcome back to the show. This is Brett Hawes, and I hope you are doing well. Um, you might have noticed that the podcasts have slowed down a little bit as we uh, dip our toe firmly into the summer water. And uh, yeah, that's probably going to be the theme for at least the next month where I cannot guarantee you that I will be releasing weekly podcasts, even though I will be constantly interviewing and getting guests on. And this is largely because I know, you know, it's summertime here in North America, people are crazy busy, a lot of us are on vacation, we don't have commutes, we're not listening to podcasts. And so I would rather save a lot of the really awesome content um, for end of August. August, beginning of September, uh, when everyone sort of, you know, kids go back to school and um, everyone's uh, back on the podcast train. So, um, yeah, and of course, myself as well, I would also like to enjoy summer. And I do have some plans coming up, some travel plans and some downtime uh, scheduled for the month of August, which I uh, can't wait for. Um, so in terms of announcements, I really don't have a lot going on. Um, if you are a practitioner, uh, listening to this and you haven't registered for my webinar that's coming up uh, that's happening Wednesday July 25th at 8 p.m. Eastern uh, that is called turn your passion into profit and that is really geared towards practitioners only um, you know really again sharing uh, my experience and some tools uh, to really help you move forward and get ahead in your practice. Uh, today's episode is a quite a change of tack and a different uh, you know, different turn in, entirely, and um, a little bit lighter, which is kind of cool. So I interview my good friends and former students, uh, Lauren and Josh, and Lauren and Josh have written a book called The Loving Partner Journal, and you know. Um, I actually found as we got into this conversation more and more, more stuff really came up and uh, it turned out to be a very well-rounded uh, conversation. And really, uh, just to sort of encapsulate the, uh, the quintessential points here of what this um, podcast is about, you know, when you look at the rates of divorce and when you look at relationship struggles and you look at how, um, you know, especially in the world driven by social media and what I feel anyway is more disconnect and more distraction, um, you know, and, and more um, almost people being superficial in a sense. Uh, this journal really serves as a 100-day tool to deepen the connection, to deepen the love, and to deepen the appreciation and the understanding of partners. And that's why it's called the Loving Partner Journal. Uh, really cool, short journal. It's 100 days. And really uh, what it is, is journaling every single day with preset questions, with preset intentions, um, daily activities and whatnot. Not a long time, really just five minutes a day, uh, but really being mindful uh, of why you love your partner and why you're appreciative for them and all of that good stuff. And, you know, obviously the conversation meanders into a few different areas. Um, but as I said, you know, I, I did finish this podcast with a big smile on my face and uh, it actually really made me reflect um, more about 
you know, am I being mindful enough? Uh, how do I conduct myself in my relationship? Am I appreciative on the day to day? And uh, yeah, you know, really just sort of made me think about that a little bit more. And of course, I am in the process of actually doing the journal right now uh, with my wife, which is which is quite interesting. Um, but anyway, I don't want to spoil the whole thing for you. Um, let's just hop right into today's show. And uh, we've got Lauren and Josh talking about the Loving Partner Journal. Okay, so on today's show, we have Josh and Lauren. Hey, guys, welcome. Thank you for coming on. Thanks for having us. Thank you very much. So, guys, I'm super psyched to have you here. Um, For those of you guys listening out there, you might be familiar with Josh. I've done a few Facebook Lives with him. He's actually been helping me a lot with personal training. And in one of the sessions, uh, all of a sudden, Josh, he just sort of sprung it on me, and he said, hey, our book's about to be published. And I was like, "What, what the heck? Like, what book are you talking about? expecting that it might be some kind of fitness book and sure enough um, it was actually a journal that you and Lauren have published so um, yeah so you took me by surprise and of course I jumped at the chance to get you guys on the show to sort of dive into that a little bit more Um, I I guess I'll open things up um, because you know the book you know after reading it the book is very very personal Um, you know you, you guys really just open right up and I'll start off by asking you, you know, maybe give us a bit of a background with your story. Like, how did you guys meet? Um, what's your sort of journey been up till now? Oh, of course. Our story is a lot of fun, and it starts about five years ago. So I met Josh actually at a Halloween pub crawl. And for the weeks before meeting him, I had been looking for a Raphael Ninja Turtle Halloween costume. And I did find one, so last minute I decided to be a police officer instead. And when I got to the bar, yeah, classy for sure. And when I got to the bar, I looked around and saw Josh there in a Raphael Ninja Turtle costume. So it was just meant to be. There was no way I couldn't start that conversation by letting him know that he had stolen my costume. And quickly after we hit it off, really got along well and both decided though that we weren't really looking for anything serious to start that we would just see where it goes because I had just gotten out of a really long-term relationship and Josh had actually booked a one-way ticket to Australia for a few months later so we thought low commitment we'll just have a good time together but by the time Australia came around, we realized we were absolutely head over heels for each other and that we would do what we could to make it work. And so Josh goes away and while he was gone, I was doing a lot of personal work. Um, he was paleo when he left and so I decided that I would try paleo as well, which is for listeners who aren't quite sure, a way of eating that cuts out a lot of allergens, including gluten, dairy, uh, refined sugars, amongst other things. And it turned out there that I was incredibly sensitive to a lot of these foods and started figuring out how healing food can actually be. So a really interesting thing about our journey from here is that I decided I wanted to be a nutritionist and to go to school. And the morning that I woke up ready and excited to email Josh and tell him that, you know, I was ready to go to school, I woke up to an email from him telling me he wanted to be a nutritionist too. And you guys hadn't spoken about this before? No, we had never talked about it before. Hilarious. So yeah, quite serendipitous (laughs) then. Sure was. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And being on the other side of the world from each other meant we really had to work to communicate. So our relationship really started all by making sure that we were talking about everything that we were feeling, which really laid the foundation, I think, for us getting into creating this journal because mm-hmm. we realized how important communication and the little things were. Yeah. You know, it's, so- it's, it's, it's interesting. Sorry to interject, but it's interesting because, you know, the, the story sounds very familiar to myself and my wife, who my wife's from the U.S. And when we met, I was actually in South Africa, which is where I'm from. And I was spending about three months there over the Canadian winter. And so we were doing the whole long distance thing. And it's it's interesting when you have physical distance between two people where all you have is communication, right? So it's verbal communication, it's written communication, and that's what you mm-hmm. have. So so you don't actually get to see each other in physical presence. And I always sort of look looking back on things, I always thought to myself, what a good foundation because... I think a lot of people, you know, when you get into the physical side of things, and I don't just mean sexual, I just mean physical, you know, oftentimes we jump in and then we just spend every waking minute with the person, we don't have any space, we don't have any time to digest what's really going on. And oftentimes that, I think, for people can be a little bit, you know, for lack of a better word, catastrophic in terms of where the relationship goes. Mm-hmm. And having that distance as well, doesn't you can't put those walls up. The walls have to come down. You have to be honest. And you have to be open with that communication in order for the relationship to really continue and to thrive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, because of course, with physical distance as well comes, you know, it might bring up your own insecurities, um, you know, mm-hmm. trust, trust issues, stuff like that, because you're not there with the person. So, you know, of course, if anyone's been cheated on before or anything like that, uh, you know, those feelings will absolutely come to the surface for sure. So. Mm, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, okay. So you guys go, you go to Australia, Josh, you know, so you guys are talking and then nutrition happens. And of course, that's where we pick up our story, the three of us, because that's where I met you mm-hmm. guys. And uh, so what happened from there? Well, yeah. um, sorry, go ahead, Josh. <laughs> yeah. So after we uh, were in nutrition school, uh, I was also started to personal train at that time. And then after nutrition school, Lauren realized that nutrition wasn't the full picture for her. She moved more into life coaching and also spiritual coaching mm-hmm. and also became a Reiki master. So that's more where she focused her, her time now with a little bit of nutrition mixed in. And for myself, I work with uh, clients with nutrition and personal training. And with working with clients one-on-one, myself and with Lauren also doing that, we really came to see the importance of personal relationships for people's health and well-being. Mm. So, and how the social aspect is so important for how people feel every day, physically and mentally. And we really realized that the close personal relationships, especially the romantic relationships, how that is vital for someone's well-being. And we wanted to create a tool and something that can really help to really help partners thrive and help deepen their connection and grow their love and also then benefit their their mental health and their physical health and that's kind of where we started with the loving partner journal yeah and the interesting thing about the loving partner journal too is that we had actually had a lot of other things going on at the time we were going to open a gym together and we actually went through quite a few difficulties as a couple as that uh, fell apart and didn't end up working due to zoning. So we really realized that how we got through our difficult times together was by 
spending a lot of time working on each other with the little tiny details, like finding joy each day and doing little things for each other. So we were really the stronghold for each other through some difficult life events there. And through all that came the idea of the Loving Partner Journal when we were laying in bed one night and talking about everything that helped keep us together and strong. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and I think that that's particularly relevant in today's world. You know, I mean, when you start looking at things like divorce rates, when you start looking at things, and I mean, you guys know, you know, you know that I'm also a practitioner for 15 years now. And yeah, I mean, relationship stress is a huge, huge issue, you know, on, uh, almost on every questionnaire. People at least score that as a bit of stress. You know, some people it's sky high, some people it's a little bit lower. But I think that, you know, you guys have sort of uncovered something, I, I think, because oftentimes when people get stressed out uh, for whatever reason, whether it's finances, whether it's work, business, whatever, um, we tend to sort of shut down a little bit rather than open up, you know. And, and then, of course, once we start shutting down, communication starts to sort of crumble. And then from there, things escalate, you know, in terms of tensions, in terms of stressors. And unfortunately, you know, I think that that's for a lot of people, the beginning of the sort of deterioration of the relationship. Oh, yeah, of course. When things are going difficult at work and in every part of your life, if you can't come home to a little bit of a sanctuary, it becomes really difficult to keep that relationship together. And it means actively doing something to help improve where you're at and even in the happy moments we can all learn to love a little deeper (laughs) Mm -hmm. and you know we'll definitely dive into some of that stuff in just a second but uh, i just want to ask you a quick question have you guys so i mean obviously the the book is brand new um just came out like a couple weeks ago if i'm not mistaken and Mm -hmm. have you you know have you been working with the tools that you share in the book have you been working with that with some of your clients like in a professional setting yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So I've been working with uh, some clients with that, and it's been making some large changes in their life. So mm. we know through, if we look at neuroscience and neuroplasticity, how the brain rewires itself. We know that when neurons fire together, they wire together. So with this book, by the prompts that we have, and I think we'll get into that a little bit later, they help to cultivate gratitude, mindful appreciation, and kindness. And when we really use that and start to cultivate those towards our partner, then we start to wire those neurons together when we think of our partner. So when we think of our partner, those same neurons that are firing for gratitude are firing for our partner. So it really helps to change our perception towards our partner and towards our relationship, which is really, really cool. And with clients, having that, those changes happen, I've been watching their, their stress levels go down, which is fantastic. And they're also, their health improving. So the stress mm. going down, inflammation goes down, other things will also improve along with that. So it's really amazing to see. And yeah, you know, you, you sort of bring up something where it almost sounds a little bit like um, cognitive behavioral therapy, right? Where, you mm-hmm. know, this, the, we're sort of like rewiring the neurons where it's positive reinforcement, um, you know, and sort of ingraining those new patterns, which is which is really cool. And I think a lot of people have mm-hmm. a, a hard time with finding new patterns. You know, the, the way I always describe it is, you know, if you've got a really dense forest and you've got a path that, that you've been walking every single day through the forest, the path is very clear. And that path might not lead you to a happy place. It might lead you to depression or anxiety or whatever. And trying to cut a new path through the forest takes a lot of effort. 
But as you start yeah. walking that new path, the old path starts to grow over and the new path becomes the only path, right? Which is, uh, I, I, think, I think, a very fitting analogy for what you guys are talking about right now. So, yeah, yeah, it definitely so, is. That's a great analogy. And that's why we made this book 100 days long. So every day you're cutting that new path and that path is getting easier and easier to walk. And then once you're done the 100 days, you now have this awesome new path that you can walk each and every day with your partner and help it to shift how your life is going. So, so why did you guys pick 100 days? Is there any sort of symbolic reference there? or? Yes, we picked 100 days because we uh, had initially had the thought of a month long. We had tried that for ourselves, and we found that it had made a shift, but not the shift that we wanted it to make. And then we went to 60 days, still wasn't quite there, and then we had a thought maybe it'd be a year long. But then we found that that was kind of intimidating for a lot for ourselves yeah. and thought that might be also be intimidating for other people as well. So we felt like the 100 days was just a, kind of a nice number. We tried it out. And after the 100 days, we felt some big shifts with both of us. And we really felt like that was the right number that we were called to going forward with. Okay. And of course, a nice round number as well, which is great. So, exactly. Yeah. Cool. Um, Lauren, sorry, you wanted to say something? Oh, what I was going to mention is that uh, Josh and I have really different uh, perspectives from clients. We work with clients in quite different ways. So on my side, when I'm working with clients uh, as a spiritual coach, I'm really trying to teach people how to love themselves. That's the primary focus of my work. I, I love love from every aspect of the sense. And for a lot of people, teaching them how to love themselves is something that is very scary to start into, but people are often a little more willing to look into how to better love their partner. So not only do the questions in the book help them love their partner, but it actually opens up um, their ability to be vulnerable with themselves too. And mm. so we saw great shifts coming into how people are actually able to change their attitude towards themselves because they start to see these habits that actually make a difference. And if they can love their partner in that way, it makes it a little bit easier to love themselves in that way too. And, so and I guess, the- uh, and sorry, I, I guess also because this is a, you know, we'll get into the format of the book in a second, but I guess because you're both doing it at the same time, you know, one, one action or one, one partner reinforces the other partner and then it just keeps going back and forth and back and forth, right? So, yeah, so I, I could totally see how the cultivation of self-love would would um, automatically happen from that, which I think is important, right? So, Lauren, perhaps speak to that a little bit more because I know you work more in that sort of realm and, you know, I, I obviously have my notions on that, but, you know, p- self-love, uh, sabotaging behavior, et cetera, et cetera. Do you have any thoughts on that or any comments on that? Yeah, from, um, I'd say, quite a young age with society, we're constantly taught um, ideas of what we need to be achieving, of what it means to be accepted, of the external things that we need to get and achieve for us to be successful in life. And self-love really turns you from looking outward to looking inward. So looking at what you need to do for yourself first to cultivate happy feelings, realizing that you can fulfill your own needs and that by doing that, you become more capable of loving other people too. So I really dive deep in a range of different directions. It works on everything from your mind, looking into your body, um, your emotions, and then uh, contemplating the idea of spirituality as well to help someone learn to love themselves a little bit better. 
Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, once once you sort of uh, go down that road and you do cultivate self-love, self-actualization, self-realization, um, obviously, I, I don't like to use the word that becomes more attractive to a partner because I think that that's, that's not the right word. But you sort of... Um, you complete yourself versus looking for someone else to complete you, which, 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 you know, when you sort of get into like popular, popular culture, um, you know, these are, that's like Hallmark card, you know, probably every wedding there ever was, you know, you complete me is a very common phrase for people to say, and it's very endearing. Um, obviously it's meant well, but I think when you really sort of psychoanalyze that whole concept, it really says that I am not complete without you, which, which I think is a very dangerous road to sort of go down. Um, we agree. I think it puts a lot of weight on your partner's shoulders because every action they do then defines whether or not you're happy. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of funny because, you know, some of the stuff we're talking about now, obviously we're getting a little deep and a little heavy, but when you look at on a surface level in the world, you know, why are there so many divorce rates? Why are relationships such a source of stress for people when they should really be a source of happiness? And of course, there's many, many reasons why that might be. But, you know, relative to our discussion today, I think that self-love and, you know, might be a huge part of that. Absolutely. We would completely agree with that because, you know, a relationship's not going to be full of grand gestures every day like the movies show us. Yeah. <laughs> so that means that... It comes down to being willing to care for yourself and really appreciate the little things. Yeah. Well, I guess, uh, you know, the classic once the honeymoon phase is over, you know, that's when that's when things start to get real. And uh, for a lot of people, I think, you know, getting over the honeymoon stage, of course, you could extend the honeymoon forever and ever. That's totally possible. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I think that, you know, as someone who's been divorced once, you know, I'm on a second marriage. Uh, I, I'm fully aware that it takes work. Um, and, and I don't mean work in a bad way. I just mean work like you have to keep doing things every day um, ongoing uh, to really sustain and build that relationship so that it grows and turns wh- whichever way it's going to grow. Um, you can maintain that higher level of, of love and uh, you know relationship with your partner. So, um, so guys, let's move the conversation forward a little bit. And Let's, you know, I find the format of the book is very interesting. So perhaps you can speak to that a little bit. Yeah, so we start the book off with setting an intention for the book. So you have a space to set an intention. So what is the intention that you want to complete and have this book fulfill for you and your partner? Is it growth for you and your partner? Is it deepening your love? And something that's very personal to you and your partner. And after we move past the intention, we have prompts for each and every day. So we have three questions that we ask every day, and they only take a few minutes to fill out, which is a great thing. And the first one is one reason I'm grateful for my partner is. And this is a really simple but very powerful question. So gratitude is absolutely crucial in relationships. And as we just talked about, it's very easy for that to fall to the wayside when the honeymoon phase is over. When the honeymoon phase is over, we stop noticing the little things about our partner and about our relationship. And that's dangerous because it becomes very easy to take our partner for granted. Mm. And we no longer really start to feel that gratitude anymore. So once we start to cultivate that gratitude and look for those little reasons that we fell in love for them, with them, the gratitude we have for them. 
And really bringing that to the forefront of our mind is fantastic because it helps to cultivate that every single day. And then our second question is one act of kindness I did for my partner today was. And we truly believe that acts of kindness are the currency of love. Mm. So by doing <laughs> acts, yeah. So doing acts for our partner, it really shows that we love them. It shows that we care for them, and it really shows that we're willing to put the effort in. And with relationships, in order to keep them strong, keep them healthy, we need to take action. We need to do actual acts every single day in order to keep that relationship strong. So by having something that we have to do each day in order to help improve our partner's day, show them love, show them that we care for them, show them we're grateful for them, helps to keep our relationship on the right track because we're taking action towards that. Hmm. And then our last question is one thing my partner has done for me or another today that I mindfully appreciate. And this one also is very powerful because if we're not mindful of our relationship, if we're not in the present moment with our relationship, it becomes once again very easy to take our partner for granted. So it's very easy to not see those little acts of love they're doing for us each day. And then it becomes very easy for us to really feel like our partner isn't appreciating us. So by seeing the things that they do for us or for others, it really helps to grow that love. And we wanted to add that not just things that your partner's doing for you, but for other people that you appreciate. So you mm. see the good in your partner each and every day. So maybe your partner went and took the kids for a walk so you could take a nap. Whatever it is, or maybe your partner just helped uh, someone carry a stroller up a set of stairs. Sure. It doesn't have to be something big. It could be the little thing that we appreciate each and every day that our partner does. And that way, by really being mindful and present in our relationship, that is where change happens. Change happens in the now. It doesn't happen a year from now. It doesn't happen a year ago. It happens today. Well, so th things, really are, things, are, things are changing all the time, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And th they're always changing in the moment. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing. So by being mindful, we're able to be an active participate with that change, really participate in that change and shape it to where we want it to go, yeah. where we want the growth to happen towards our relationship and help that love really deepen. Right. You know, a couple of things that you sort of touch on, which I want to pull out is one, I think it's, you know, I want to sort of reinforce this for our listeners that we're not asking people to, you know, it's not about finding the grand gesture, as you put it. I love that word. I, I think mm -hmm. it's a great word. It's not about grand gestures. It's not about, you know, my partner saved the world today or, you know, whatever. <laughs> it's not about that. It's actually just the little things, which I think, you know, when people forget about the little things, what starts to happen is they all fade into the background and we get sucked up in the daily grind. Right. And, and I think the, the, daily, the daily grind really is a great word for this because it grinds away all of those little things, uh, you know, that we should be appreciative of. Um, and yeah, the other thing definitely. that I think is also that I, I want to pull out as well is we're also not talking about um, from a journaling perspective here. We're not talking about a huge time investment every day. We're not talking about spending two hours filling the stuff out. It's, you know, I think the thing that I'm getting from this is even just a few minutes a day of actually writing the stuff down will, you know, again, give positive reinforcements to those neurons and so on and so on and cultivate that appreciation, right? Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. And that's um, it, it's that taking that action and writing it down. Yeah. Go ahead, Lauren. 
And I think that it really helps with the recall of the day as a whole. If at the end of the day you're like, oh, what were these nice things that happened today? You're causing yourself to look that no matter what stressors may have presented themselves that day, that there always is good there for you, which is mm -hmm. an important mindset to get into. You can spend your time looking at the things that stress you out during the day, or you can shape your perception of your world by looking for the good. So mm -hmm. this is not only about looking for the good in your partner, but then seeing that your life is filled with beautiful little moments. No matter the stressors, the beauty is there and that beauty stands out. So when you set that intention at the beginning of the journal, you're really setting an intention for yourself to start seeing the good in your world and recognizing that you have control over grasping that every single day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, um, you know, spot on. Uh, I, I totally, totally agree. And um, I think people don't do that enough. Um, one thing I just, I just to sort of totally backtrack a little bit here, because we didn't really talk about it. And I think it's worth mentioning is the, the format of the journaling. Each partner has a journal. Is that correct? And then you swap journals at the end of the 100 days. Yeah, so each person has a journal, and so you're not seeing what each other is writing the whole time, which is a lot of fun, and I have to admit that sometimes <laughs> it's tempting to want to peek. <laughs> uh-huh, I'm sure, but I'm sure. When you do get to switch it at the end, oh my goodness, it is the most fun thing ever. Your heart just melts, because you get to all of a sudden see yourself through your partner's eyes, wow. and you realize that the things that they love about you are the things that you may not even realize that you're doing consciously every day. It yeah. can be the tiny little efforts that you put in just because it feels good to you, but to them it fills their love tank and makes them feel full of energy and emotion for you. So you get to read that, and when you exchange them at the end, we have it set up so that you write a letter to each other before you do it. Right. And the great right. part is then you're, you're seeing their beautiful reflection of everything that they've realized over the course of 100 days about you, too. Huh. And I think that's such a powerful thing, right? Because, you know, talking just circling back to self-love and, and self-appreciation, um, you know, that, that to me, if you can see yourself through your partner's eyes and you're just getting such a wave of positive reinforcement, that's really got to shape your belief system about yourself you know especially if you're a person who's maybe maybe doesn't feel so good about themselves on the day-to-day -day, you know to get that hundred days of feedback where you're freaking awesome is uh i don't know that's got to make <laughs> you feel really good <laughs> it sure does it makes you feel amazing and it really does as we talked about help cultivate that self-love even more because mm -hmm. you get to see those positive aspects of you yeah so guys um just to sort of uh scooch forward here a little bit um I, in in the book itself, you have a couple things that I want you to just speak about, um, just so we can clear them up. And uh, I think uh, you know they're important to cover. Uh, you have daily prompts and you have weekly activities. Uh, perhaps you could speak a little bit to those. So the weekly activities are a lot of fun. We spend a good period of time trying to put them together. And what we're trying to get out of the weekly activities is every week it just encourages you to try one new thing together. So we have something specific, for example, the first week is to go through old photos together to take a look at either what was going on in your childhood or your time together and really spend some time to bond. Now, 
each of these activities have been developed with something called the five love languages in mind. The okay. five love languages are, um, it, it was a book written by Gary Chapman, and it basically explains that there are five main ways that people receive love in their life. There are words of affirmation, quality time, receiving gifts, acts of service, and physical touch. So each person would basically have a love tank. And your love tank can be full and overflowing, or it can be running on empty. And the idea here is that each person fills up their love tank using these five love languages. However, each person usually receives the love languages a little bit differently. So part of the points of the activities here are to get you trying different activities with your partner in all of these different love languages so you can figure out exactly how you receive love the best and what you need to feel good, to feel full on the regular. So it's meant to get you out of your comfort zone a little bit and recognize that maybe your partner needs you to show them love in a way that you didn't quite expect or that you don't normally receive it yourself. And so it just it builds the ability to do something nice for each other and to expand the frame of reference of activities that you have together mm-hmm. and often we sorry and often we uh, will give love in the way that we like to receive it so for myself i really love to receive words of affirmation it really fills up my love tank so that is the way that i tend to show love towards others now mm. if for example, if Lauren, that wasn't Lauren's primary love language, and I was showing her words of affirmation, but her, her big love language was quality time, and I wasn't spending quality time with her, then she might not be feeling as loved as she should be. So by exploring these five love languages through these activities, we can really see what fills up our partner's love line, uh, tank in order to help us in the future know how we should be showing them love more often than not. And, you know, I guess what I get from that as well is, you know, I think something you touch on, maybe uh, not um, not overtly, but one partner might be getting fulfilled and one partner might not be, even though the perception of action is that you are you are giving your partner what they need. Right. Because if I give you what what I like. And I think that you mm-hmm. like the same thing as I like. Well, maybe that's not the case, right? And uh, and so so again, one person might have good intentions, but the sort of love tank is not being uh, fulfilled. So I really love the mm-hmm. idea of the five long love languages and the weekly activities because from what I gather from that is that you could really really understand what your partner needs, and then you could consciously make an effort to go down that road in order to fulfill their needs, which is really cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm, that's it, exactly it. And also with the activities, they're also structured in a way that it can help to slightly push you and your partner out of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. So when we get into a comfort zone in our relationship, things can get really stagnant. So by getting slightly outside our comfort zone really helps to encourage growth within our relationship. So, and if we're growing our relationship, then we're both going to feel much more fulfilled and much more excited about the relationship as well. And of course, if you're growing in a relationship, you are more than likely growing in yourself as well, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So um, I I think, uh, you know, is there anything else that you want to pull out from the book or anything else you want to share? Because I think we've covered most of the things that are in the book. Um, And, and, you know, if you can just uh, 
sort of give me a little bit you know of anything else that you want to share um, that would be great and then we'll sort of head towards the wrap-up perfect right, sounds um, great. yeah I think that the other thing I'd point out is that those love languages can be used also through the acts of kindness that you're doing so we encourage anyone who's giving it a try to really play around trying to do something different every day and see how their partner responds because like we've talked about with growth it's growing together means that every single day you're willing to meet the new person that your partner is becoming and the new person that you are becoming as well and a big part of that is the trying new things so you know explore with it and have fun with it it doesn't have to be comfortable it's actually quite exciting to get a little bit uncomfortable and see what yeah. else is out there well, as they say, you know, not, nothing good ever came from the comfort zone, right? So, uh, but but um, I think you raise a good point where I think people are very afraid of getting outside the comfort zone and for obvious reasons because it's uncomfortable. Um, but, you know, something that you said just a minute ago is that it can actually be exciting. It can actually be fun. It can be a good thing. I think it's something really worth pulling out and reinforcing here um, on our show today. Mm-hmm. And if you're getting outside the comfort zone with someone else, like your partner, it's much less intimidating. So if you're both getting outside the comfort zone, it's much more exciting and much more accessible because you have someone there to really experiment and go out of the comfort zone with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. I mean, you know, this is why just, again, a different analogy here, but oftentimes when couples go on uh, diets together or they're doing detox programs together or fitness programs together, they tend to have a much better time and, and the follow-through rate is much higher because they're doing it mm-hmm. together, right? So, the, yes, they're outside the comfort zone, but they're actually doing it together. So, um, yeah, so guys, uh, anything else that you want to share with us? Where can our listeners um, find you, catch up with you? Obviously, we'll be including in the show notes uh, a link to the book itself. Um, but mm-hmm. websites, Facebook pages, anything like that you want to share? Yes, yeah, so they can find uh, the book at lovingpartnerjournal.com. They can also find us on Facebook and on Instagram under those as well. And if you want to follow myself personally, you can find me at The Healthy Happy Coach and Lauren at uh, Higher Vibe Wellness. Awesome. And I know I'm tapped Mm -hmm. into what you guys are doing online. Obviously, I follow you, Josh. Um, I'm in uh, one of your groups as well, Lauren, where you're doing some really cool uh, spiritual uh, work as well in that group. So, um, you know, guys, keep up the good work. And uh, thank you for coming on the show. I think a lot of people out there will will really uh, could get a lot of benefit out of the work that you've done and the journal that you've created well thanks so much for having us yeah, thank you very much Brett. we appreciate it okay awesome and uh, for those of you listening out there if you have enjoyed today's show please uh, consider sharing it uh, subscribing leave a review uh, anything you can do to help me to continue to bring awesome guests like josh and lauren on the show and uh, we can keep rolling forward with our quest to help people with the power of holistic health so thanks for listening everyone josh lauren thanks for coming on the show and uh, everyone you have a beautiful day 